everyone. Welcome back to the State of Innovation podcast, brought to you by the Illinois Science and Technology Coalition. I'm your host, Toby Oladejo, alongside my co-host, Austin Green. Today, we have a great conversation with Gary Kinzel, um, who's the Vice Chancellor of Research at Southern Illinois University. Now, the conversation touched on several different things, but essentially downstate innovation, which sometimes doesn't get the spotlight or the praise that it deserves. Um, There's so many incredible things going on down there that Gary talks about from um, the new industry sectors that are being supported um, and worked on, as well as the different opportunities in which uh, ideas at the university from a research perspective have actually gotten to a point of commercialization. So within this research park, there are so many incredible things going on that Gary talks about. And you know, ultimately, it gets us to this conversation of where does SIU, um, Gary in particular, see the role of downstate innovation in the overall conversation around technology, entrepreneurship, and so much more. And you get to hear a lot of that throughout this episode, which is really exciting. And the future is very bright for the things going on downstate. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy our conversation with Gary Kinzel. All right. Well, good afternoon, Gary. Uh, good afternoon, Austin. Um, we are here with another episode of the State of Innovation podcast, and we are joined by Gary Kinzel, who is the Vice Chancellor of Research at Southern Illinois University. We are we are glad to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you, Toby, and thank you, Austin. Appreciate the invitation. Of course. Of course, happy to be here on Zoom. Unfortunately, we couldn't be there in person like we were on the last pod episode there at TechNexus, but uh, we're going to be trying this over Zoom. So, Toby, let's decide to get after it. Let's go on. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, you know, one of the things that we are focusing on for this episode is the connection between research um, and student development and then the commercialization of that research, how it then turns into innovation. Um, and we know at SIU, that's a huge part of the, the build out within their framework, um, whether it's from a technology transfer standpoint um, or a research and commercialization standpoint or an industry relations standpoint. Um, so we're really excited to really to, to jump in and, and understand that okay. the work that you're doing there. But just to get a bit of an overview of how you got to SIU, um, could you kind of give us you know, a brief, you know, how did you get here, right? And, and some sure. of the research interests that, you know, led you to this point. Sure. Um, actually, I grew up in Illinois, believe it or not. I, I grew up in Macomb. Uh, I got my undergraduate degree from Western Illinois University uh, in chemistry. And then I was in Colorado for a while. At the, got my PhD at the University of Colorado in Boulder. I spent a couple of years in Germany at the Technical University. Oh, wow. Texas A&M University for a postdoc there. And then uh, I had my first faculty position at the University of Texas in Arlington. Uh, and I was there for 11 years before I then moved to Southern Illinois University in Carbondale in 2005. Uh, so I've been in Carbondale since 2005. Uh, I was actually the chair of the chemistry department for uh, just under 10 years, uh, from 2007 until 2016. Um, I stepped down from that when they, you know, just normal cycle of things and uh, 
couple of years later, uh, this uh, vice chancellor for research position came open, and so I applied, and that's how I got the job. So probably worth mentioning in this context, I've been a researcher uh, in chemistry my entire mm -hmm. career, basically, and so I've got lots of experience with getting grants, and I even have a few patents and things like that. So uh, that was a nice sort of background to have to get into this vice chancellor for research position because it's really that's, that's a big part of it so right yeah yeah and that's uh, then yeah that was the next question we were going to get into is in that role as vice chancellor of research how is it that you build the connections between those worlds you know the patent world the in the university research world we know that those are is a tough gap to bridge sometimes what is the strategy there at siu what's a strategy in general that you uh, have pursued in your role well you know that's a question with about 50 different answers but um let me at least sketch out the problem first mm -hmm. The problem is that most faculty, you know, they get their grants, they go into their labs or they go into their field uh, stations or whatever, and they do their research and they don't really think about commercialization, patents, uh, protection of intellectual property, all this sort of thing. I certainly never did when I was a young faculty member. Um, it's just not part of what we're trained to do, quite honestly. I mean, I, I was never introduced to the idea of commercializing the research that I was doing or the, you know, the knowledge that I was getting or developing as a graduate student that just never came up. And so, and frankly, let's be quite honest, that process can be arduous. It can yeah. be, um, distracting if you're more interested in the basic research ideas or the basic research questions that you're trying to answer mm -hmm. the notion that you're going to stop or step aside and try to work on a patent and look, look up and do a background search and all that sort of thing and it's not something it's that many faculty really yeah look to do honestly right uh so you know i got my first patent um well, I, I, my first patent I got a few years back um, on a technology that I developed here at SIU uh, where we modify the surface of a, a probe and we use it for bioselective capture of, of biomolecules and then analysis and so on and so forth. Chemistry, right? The, the only reason I ever did that patent was because the colleague that I was working with was much more in tune with this idea of of protecting intellectual property and writing patents yeah. than I was. I, um, like I said, it's just not a, it's not something that most faculty think in those terms. Right. So how do you bridge the gap? Well, so you've got the group that know about, you know, you know the typical process is you do something, you think it has commercial potential, you uh, write up a disclosure, you submit it to our intellectual property review committee. Our intellectual property review committee is made up of other entrepreneurs. They look at it. They say, yeah, okay, this is great. Uh, this could be patentable, could be commercial. You get it protected. Uh, then you go ahead and maybe file a, um, a uh, provisional patent would be the next step, typically. Provisional patent gives you a little bit more time to develop a few things. And then you decide, okay, 
we'll go ahead and file the full patent and try to get the technology licensed if we can, right? So that's a typical process, but you know, most of us never get past the first stage. Right, uh, right. We, we have some faculty that get it and they, they're used to it and they're really thinking in those terms. And actually I find some disciplines are more oriented in that way than others. Uh, engineers tend to be more thinking in those terms than say uh, physical scientists necessarily. But um, yeah, all across the, the university, you get all kinds of different approaches. So in the role I'm in right now, one of the jobs is just simply trying to see by the review of all the proposals that get submitted, trying to see things that might be patentable and just simply saying to the faculty member, look, have you considered filing a disclosure on this? Have you considered applying for um, protection of the intellectual property? Right. Uh, have you even considered doing that? Yeah. And Sometimes it's met with, oh, I never really thought about that. And other times it's met with, uh, yeah, no, thanks. I don't want to. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's, you can always tweak them a little bit by saying, well, you do realize if, if this, somebody else picks this up and decides to run with it, yeah, you it. could end up being looking at somebody else making a whole lot of money off of your idea, right? Right. And that'll encourage a few of them to think in those terms. But yeah. um, really, I find it's it's a mindset. You know, it's a mindset that the faculty have that they believe that commercialization is a possibility for what they want to do. And so they understand this is the process you have to use if you want to make sure that you benefit from any commercialization of it. So some right. faculty have it, others don't. Yeah. Encourage them. The other things that we do, of course, we have lots of um, workshop opportunities and things like that. Um, the research park is a really great resource for this. Um, our research park runs a number of different programs. They run something called Operation Mousetrap. Okay. I think it's actually based on a model that's that's used in other places. But uh, the Operation Mousetrap is a basically a training, a series of training uh, workshops where students, faculty, staff, community members, whoever is interested in trying to protect and commercialize an idea can come in. And I think the last time we did this was about a year ago. Okay. Uh, it was done virtually, of course, because of the, the COVID, but um, it's about I want to say six or eight different workshops and they talk about all different aspects of, you know, protecting the idea, getting the patent, starting the business, coming up with a business plan, looking for venture capital and so on and so forth. And they, they try to cover this in a way that, um, you know, whether you're trying to start a cooking business, you know, a small business of cooking or something like that, yeah. or something that's based on a more technical discovery uh, that it applies to all. And so there's a, you know, there's a kind of a process of going through these workshops and then you, you develop your own business plan. So most folks are expected to have an idea when they come in, so they're going to actually go through and developing a, the process all through. And then by the end, they're supposed to have some sort of a notion of how to start their business or take the next step. Yeah. Um, 
there's a number of other things that, that go on on a regular basis. I mean, we have, um, our, there's a small business development center that operates through the research park and that certainly supports uh, everything from nascent, I wanna start a business to small businesses that have employees and need a space to actually do whatever it is that they're planning to do. Yeah. So, you know, it's, there's another uh, something called the Procurement Technical Assistance Center. And this is also out of the research park. And this is for folks who want to get into government contracting, basically. So okay. uh, that's another approach. Gotcha. With, uh, so the, uh, I could go on, I guess. So like I said, there's a there's 100 <laughs> answers to this. That's good. That means there's yeah. a lot going on. That's there. good. Yeah. Know, I mean, know about. we have things uh, going on at the... Um, undergraduate level as well. Um, I guess a couple of them that are really worth mentioning, there's a couple of registered student organizations, your typical, you know, student groups, right, that are interested in entrepreneurship or uh, technology development, things like that. There's a couple of those groups and they meet through the research park as well. They have space out there that they can meet. Um, Another one that's pretty big is the University Innovation Fellows. So I don't know if you've ever heard of this program, but it's out of Stanford. Um, we get uh, groups each year. Typically, uh, they're in they're in in order multiples of three. It seems like so three, six, or nine, or something to that effect. Okay. Undergraduate students who want to get involved in the program, and then of course there are faculty mentors. And really, the goal of the group is that of the whole program is to inspire students to think about how to do innovative things. Now, there is a goal of benefiting the university as a first sort of primary goal, but ultimately these can form the foundation for, you know, long-term economic development, entrepreneurship, and, and, you know, uh, investment, if you will. Mm -hmm. So a group that we had that graduated uh, just a a year ago, uh, they were really uh, focused on development of green roof technology. So I'm sure you you know what I'm talking about up there in Chicago, the idea that you can grow your gardens on the roofs of your buildings and what's necessary for having those be successful. Uh, this group, we have university buildings that have green roofs on, their, on, the, on the roof of them. And this student group was working on renovating one of the green roofs and trying to make it into a viable agricultural production uh, facility. They actually went so far as putting in a small windmill on the roof of the building to provide power so that they could then run the watering. You know, there's a, you've got to have that's incredible. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Watering systems and things like this. And this was all done by a, a, a bunch of our undergraduates. Now, yeah. these were like your exceptional undergraduates, the one that had <laughs> way more energy than I do. The whiz kids. <laughs> they, they were, um, you know, they were gung-ho. And of course, they got to uh, participate in the various programs that the Innovation Fellows program provided. And so, and they're all mentored by probably a half a dozen or so faculty on campus who are really That's interested great. in supporting students in those areas. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I mean, th- there's a lot of different things. That's what I right. summarize. <laughs> I'm curious about, you know, you mentioned the, the mousetrap program as well as so many other things that kind of transcended from the work that you guys initially started with at the core, which is research, right? What are some of the trends that you've seen um, 
among different ideas that are coming to the forefront? And could you also speak to any potential, you know, wins that have come out of that? Like, have there been some of those uh, those IP patent situations that have like been commercialized, gotten to that place where you can look and say like, this is the reference point. This is what's possible, you know, here at ISU. Yeah, I, I, I could try. I, I'm probably not going to know all of it, truthfully, mm -hmm. uh, but I'll, I'll mention a couple of things as examples. Um, in terms of trends, I mean, really, uh, we have successful faculty that are doing work in, um, well, essentially genetic modifications of agricultural products, right, uh, of seeds to make them more resistant to diseases, for example. And we've had some faculty who, well, of course, we're an agricultural school. We're down here in Southern Illinois. We have a very large ag program. And, um, you know, faculty have been working on these seeds. And of course, the big seed companies are really interested, especially in seeds that are resistant to a lot of the more uh, destructive diseases that exist uh, that are really hard on large crops. And I, I think it's often kind of a, an overlooked reality by a lot of Americans that if we had a major disease run through one of our principal crops, for example, like corn or soybeans, it would be disastrous to the economy. It would be disastrous to the food supply. So having somebody working in this area is really, really important. And we have a number of faculty who are doing really good work in that area, um, coming up with these res disease resistant seeds. Um, and that's just, it's, you know, it's an area that I think we have a strength in here at SIU in, in the agricultural programs. Um, we have uh, some other things that are a little bit more unique, I guess. So one of them is uh, one of our faculty members who's actually a geochemist, um, quite a few years ago, uh, patented and then brought to a small business platform, something called um, oxidative hydrothermal dissolution or OHD. That's how that's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it is, is it's a process where you could take basically organic waste or biomass, okay. you can subject it to high pressure water and oxygen, mm. or an oxidizer of some sort, and it breaks down that biomass or that waste into solubilized uh, small molecular compounds, basically. So I'm not sure if I can give a great example, but imagine... Uh, you, you just mowed your lawn, right? And you got a bunch of grass clippings. Right. And here you can put this into this OHD, subject it to this high pressure water and oxygen, and the grass disappears and it all ends up in solution as small molecules that are dissolved. So in and of itself, that sounds like that's a pretty cool way of getting rid of some of the uh, more problematic waste problems that we have. Right. But uh, and, and the OHD technology has been patented and it is a, a, a foundation of a small business over in the research park. But now uh, what's kind of cool, at least I think it's kind of cool, is we're starting to see some opportunities to use that technology in conjunction with some other things to solve some real problems. Yeah. And so um, you may have heard a couple of our students here, graduate students, we're winners of the one of the X prizes, yep. and that X prize is for 
uh, carbon capture, basically. So, um, you know, we're really proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> so I can brag about it uh, because, you know, this is a, you know, the X Prize, they gave out a total of 23 awards internationally. And about five of them were just for uh, monitoring and sensors for development for monitoring carbon dioxide concentrations in the air. And the other 18 were all for um, development of different methods for carbon capture and sequestration. Um, we were one of just a very few universities in the United States that actually won one of these awards. And so, all right, why am I telling this story? It's because the OHD plays an integral part in this. So the idea is instead of you can use plants to sequester your carbon dioxide, that's what they do really well. But then instead of, you know, burning the plant or eating the plant or whatever it is you do to re-release the carbon dioxide, what you do is you use the OHD technology to convert it into this solubilized liquid. Okay. And then that liquid can be pumped deep in the ground where then, and here's the other part of technology that's been developed here at SIU, bacteria can take and basically uh, eat that solubilized organic material yeah. and do what they do, but way underground. And so you're basically capturing uh, the carbon in the atmosphere right. and injecting it back deep underground. And it's a way of um, removing carbon dioxide, the excess carbon dioxide concentration from out of the atmosphere. And so when, when? <laughs> like I said, our two graduate students who are working with a couple of the faculty uh, Scott Hamilton Brem is one of the faculty members in the microbiology program, and Ken Anderson is in the geochemistry or geology and geochemistry area. He's actually in the Department of Earth Systems and Sustainability, but his background is geochemistry. Okay. He's the inventor of the OHD technology, and so they put all this together and submitted it to an XPRIZE, and sure enough, they were able to uh, receive an award. Wow, right. That's so amazing. That and it's going on right now. <laughs> right, right. And it's, and it's great to see a downstate university, downstate in Illinois, receiving, receiving such, you know, you know, accolades from a national national award. And you said, like you said, only 23 awarded nationwide. It's amazing. And one of the things that Illinois downstate's known for in particular, and I know that one of our partners is Arthur Daniels Midland, and mm -hmm. they are currently doing carbon capture with some of their facilities in Decatur. And I know they're working to expand that project. And that's the that's the great thing about innovation is it offers up this opportunity for connection between our business industry community and students on the ground that are getting a chance to see what real world uh, solutions they can offer just from the lab. And that's what's you know super exciting about this work that we get to do. And I was wondering kind of where do you see the role of downstate innovation in downstate Illinois? What what kind of things are there holes? Are there is there strategies that you pursue to connect with uh, your researchers or connect your researchers to downstate business? Uh, and it's particularly within the agriculture field. I I, I know that that's big in down in, in southern Illinois. So if you have anything to offer there, that would be amazing. Well, you know, it's a challenge. Just to be simply, to put it simply, it's a challenge. Um, we are a fairly remotely located university, at least in Carbondale, right? And maybe I should explain the Southern Illinois University is a system of three schools. And you obviously know that because you were at Edwardsville. 
but there is Carbondale and there is Springfield. So um, I'm at the Carbondale campus. So I tend to think in terms of, you know, what's going on here in Carbondale. But to be clear, there is of course research, particularly biomedical research going on in Springfield. And there is of course research going on at the Edwardsville campus as well. Uh, they both have their own vice chancellors of research or equivalent. And so, you know, they can probably tell you more about what they do at their campuses. But here in Carbondale, we are fairly remote. That's just being very blunt. And so yeah. um, it is challenging finding ways to connect our faculty with, um, you know, corporate America that might be interested in licensing or even, you know, just paying for the development of various technologies. Um, and again, it's uh, all approaches are what you do, right? Everything you can think of. So some of our faculty are very good about going out on their own and connecting with, uh, you know, representatives of BASF, for example, or ADM or, you know, some of these other companies, they just they get to know a colleague there, or maybe maybe they have a former graduate student who now has a job there, which is a nice way to get you know a connection. Um, but somehow or another, they make a connection with a company and they just go and they talk, and then that's how the connection develops. Um, there have been efforts here in Southern Illinois to develop some software tools for this. So uh, I was interested when you mentioned this venture engine. I think that's is that what you called it. I think earlier. Yeah that you guys had put out uh, not too long ago, I guess, last summer or something like that. Yep. Well, we have something that's been developed down here uh, called uh, Research Enabled. And it's a, right, right. it's a tool, it's a software tool that's supposed to be able to connect um, business interests with faculty research interests. And we're, we're participants in that. In fact, we're more than participants, we're supporters of that. We actually have put money into that the development of that software. Um, it's still pretty new in terms of, um, you know, the final product, but so it's, I, I, can't, I can't report any great, ooh, ah, great successes at this point, okay. but I think it's a little early to judge. We're gonna wait and see how well this takes off. Certainly. Um, you know, we invite people in here all the time. So we're always bringing in companies and, trying to get them to uh, visit with faculty, see what we're doing. Um, one of the things that I, I definitely wanna mention is of course, we're part of this thing called the Illinois Innovation Network, which you may have heard of. Right. It consists of you know universities all over the state or pubs, I should say, at various <laughs> universities all over the state. Uh, our hub is called IFIRM, stands for the Illinois Fermentation, Entrepreneurship, Research, and Manufacturing Center. So um, part of the reason we're in that area is because uh, we have a very large fermentation science program that is one of the few in the country, actually, and it's, I think it's the only actual formal bachelor's degree granting program in the state of Illinois. But fermentation, if you know anything about fermentation, fermentation isn't just making beer, right? I mean, right. fermentation is everything from biotechnology to, you know, cheese to um, fuel development. I mean, all kinds of things are basically a product of fermentation. And so uh, we bring in brewers, we bring in other folks that are interested in using 
the systems that we have for doing uh, fermentation approaches to uh, new product development. And they all will go over and visit the uh, iFirm hub um, and get to know the faculty that are over there, the faculty that are associated with that. So again, I can mention one of our faculty, um, uh, Lahiru Jayakadni won one of the NASA prizes here not too long ago. There was the NASA Food Challenge. I don't know if you heard about this one or not, but um, basically NASA put out a call for innovative ways to, let's politely say, recycle food on long space trips, okay? So you think about long space explorations, and of course, uh, you can't put, you know, several tons of food to last you for the next, you know, five years in space. Right. You've got to have some way of, of recycling this food. And, um, well, bacteria are going to play a big role in that. So mm -hmm. the, um, the proposal from Dr. Uh, Jaya Kodney, and there were, he had, he had co-PIs, uh, Dr. McCarroll and Dr. Anderson were on this as well, but it basically also uses the OHD technology, which is kind of interesting, but essentially uh, you take food waste, you use OHD to convert that into much smaller solubilized molecules, and then you use bacteria and fermentation methods to convert that back into viable food products that okay. can then be 3D printed to produce all kinds of nice looking food that you can then eat and imagine that the cycle continues. So I won't go further into it than that, but you can figure it out. Okay. So right. but this is really what you have to do if you're going to be talking about long-term space exploration. And so, um, you know, it, again, it's another it's business. opportunity <laughs> right. for our viewers to, uh, you know, the, the students and faculty here with the entrepreneurial uh, bent of mind to come up with some interesting things and ways to do stuff. So, right. yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, I know, you know, and another thing I, I noticed, and I don't know how much you can speak to it, but there is a lot going on downstate. We we kind of saw like an SI Now that just, you know, Southern Illinois Now that just launched um, the innovation hub process and, and the ways that you're developing your student body as well as your community. Um, it's, it's really incredible and inspiring. I think when you think about how innovation is responding not only amid the pandemic but to the things going on in the community can you kind of speak to like how both of those sides are responding well i can try i mean si now um actually the university participates very heavily in this but this is actually a private um i guess uh cooperative of business interests and uh, investment interests who would like to see the economy of this region developed. Okay. So they're really, their goal is to do things to make, to, well, it really, if I put it in very simple terms, it's to market as Southern Illinois as a great place for businesses to come and locate. Yep. Okay. That's really what they're trying to do. And um, we've got, there's a whole spectrum of folks from the banking industry, the business industry, from regional or city governments, uh, regional politicians, and, and like I said, very significant representation from uh, Southern Illinois University in Carbondale on this group to try to figure out, well, how do we do that? I mean, we have a lot of things, I think, that make this a great place for people to consider 
coming uh, and for businesses to establish themselves is just, we need to you know, raise uh, the awareness of what we have to offer. And so, yeah. you know, it's, it's a problem that I think a lot of more rural areas have. It's like how we've got great stuff here. We've got plenty of workforce. How do we convince people to come and, and see what we have to offer and hopefully decide that this is a place that they want to establish their businesses. So um, this organization started just about two and a half years ago, I think, roughly two and a half to three years ago. So it's a fairly recent um, group, but already they have a really fairly well-developed marketing plan and they're planning to move to the next stage of hiring folks to actually implement that marketing plan uh, sometime this spring is, is the hope uh, for that. So yeah, it's another facet really of how to bring people into this region to get them to see what the university has, to get them to see what the region has, to see the business opportunities. And hopefully there will be opportunities to connect business interests with faculty who have innovative ideas about new things that could be done. And we'll see even more interesting businesses come out of that. I know that, um, you know, another thing that's kind of has great growth potential around here is the uh, cannabis slash hemp industry. Mm -hmm. So uh, we do have a recently established cannabis science center here again at Southern Illinois. It's one of the, I, it may be the only one in the state of Illinois at this point, but there's a significant amount of research going on in terms of not only how to grow hemp, which is has a great value as a, as a potential fiber crop. And, and of course, again, that meets very well with the agricultural focus down here in Southern Illinois. It's a really, it potentially has a great value as a new crop uh, for the state of Illinois. And, um, but it isn't just that, of course, it's also the cannabinoids and the endocannabinoids that are located or the that you can get from the plants and their, their interaction with the endocannabinoid system. Um, there's all the other types of compounds like the terpenes and, and so on and so forth. Um, there's lots, hemp is an interesting crop really, because for such a long time, there was absolutely no research done on it, none at all because of federal regulations. Right. So it's this vast open field right now where we don't know not very much about, you know, the genetics of the crop. We don't know very much about growing it, the horticulture. We don't know very much about its medicinal properties. We don't, there's all the things that we can use it for. Um, you know, it's, it's, it has great potential. And so of course, you know, one of these things that would be nice to come out of this Southern Illinois now, or even just general investment would be folks that would want to come down here and uh, see this developed as an agricultural product for the region. Um, so that's, that's another possibility. But uh, the Southern Illinois now is interested in just promoting the region as a whole for mm -hmm. all kind of business and economic development. And I think the university is playing a role because we see these opportunities for the university entrepreneurs and, and, and researchers to uh, get together with folks, business folks who are interested in setting up things down here in Southern Illinois. So that's, 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 it's a collective effort, if you will, yeah. to promote the region. Yeah. Um, and it's meeting with some success. So I, I guess I get to uh, 
let you know, of course, we've had lots of Chicagoans relocate here of late down okay. in Southern Illinois. So it's <laughs> that's like the idea of uh, living down here. So yeah, yeah, that's incredible. I think, you know, sometimes the, and that's something that, you know, you mentioned from a venture engine perspective, we really want to bring what's going on, you know, across the state to the forefront of, um, you know, our narratives around innovation here in Illinois. I think sometimes it can be very Chicago focused, um, but, you know, as you've just mentioned throughout this, the, the, you know, trajectory of this conversation, there's so much, it's almost like there's another world going on down there that um, we need to spotlight it and really showcase because there's, there's incredible things happening. Um, so I'm excited to, to see where more of these stories go. Let me say this. I will concur with your statement that sometimes there's a focus on Chicago. <laughs> we all have a little bit of a chip on our shoulder down here, you know, but and I will also concur with your statement that there's amazing things going on down here. I, I would argue that the quality of the research that's going on down here is second to none. Now, we may not have as much of it because, of course, we don't have the population density, but what we do do is, is second to none. It's the, it's the kind of world-class research that uh, you would expect at any major research university. It's just, like I said, quantity may be a little bit less, but the quality is the same, so. That's it. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I have to brag when I'm given the opportunity, right? Hey, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> of course, I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm right. love talking about and love boosting my own backyard. I love hearing about what's going on down there. It's amazing. And uh, I really appreciate Gary, you taking the time today. I mean, it's it's been great hearing you talk about downstate region and what's going on at SIUC. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to potentially connect with you in the future and talk more about what's going on downstate because I'm, I'm a big fan of my own backyard as well. So, Well, I would certainly invite either one of you, both of you, if you're in this area, just let me know and uh, I can show you around and maybe show you the iFirm hub and some of the things that are going to be happening over there. That'd be great. Um, we're, I, I guess one thing I didn't mention, I suppose I should have, uh, we did just recently get funding from the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity to build within the iFirm hub something called the BioLaunch uh, Laboratory. Okay. Uh, this consists of a biotechnology lab, an analytical lab, and a business development annex. And so it's an even another piece of trying to uh, inspire entrepreneurism and, and build this bridge between uh, the regional economy and the university. Um, I've said more than a few times that I want SIU to be more than just in Southern Illinois. I want us to be part of Southern Illinois. And so is in that role, I see us as having uh, things to do to advance all of the economy in the Southern Illinois region. And that's certainly something that I hope we can accomplish. Absolutely. Well, ISTC, you know, we support you in that drive and um, in any ways that we can partner with you, uh, whether it's, you know, providing that outreach and letting the world know um, what's going on down there um, or even collaborating on different opportunities. Um, as you know, we we do several things across STEM and education. So um, we are we are keeping our eyes open and, and we're excited to, to see what comes of the next, you know, this quarter, year, et cetera. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. 
You bet. Thank you. Of course. Thanks a lot, Gary. All right. Bye-bye. Take care.